Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Being a Christian is more than claiming Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Our faith needs to be lived out. It should affect every part of our lives and what we do each day. In this Message of the Week from September 5th, Pastor Abigail Ozan shares from James chapter 2 and how God calls us to be a people of faith in action. Here's the First Church Message of the Week. Our scripture this morning is one of my favorites from the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 20. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, Be warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs. What good is that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But some will say, I have faith and I have, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? I've always found the words of this passage to be powerful and memorable. There's some pretty strong language in here. Words like dead, and barren, talking about someone as a senseless person. This passage could be a lot more gentle in how it talks. could say something like, faith without action is less meaningful. But it doesn't. It says, it's dead. This is a very strong statement. I looked up uh, the word that is used um, with faith apart from works is barren, and another word uh, for the Greek is useless. Or the message describes it this way. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? That's a pretty powerful question. There is nothing halfway about saying faith without action has neither use nor life. Earlier this last week, I was looking at my theology books. I happen to love theology and have a number of books on my shelf. Now, theology is a big word that means the study of God and faith. Theo means God and ology means study of. Or, as the church father, St. Augustine, said, it is faith-seeking understanding. Now, when we think about theologians, perhaps you think of professors at universities and seminaries giving lectures and writing dry and dense books. 
And you would not be entirely wrong. Not only are, are there theologians like that, but their books are certainly rather dense and sometimes dry, too. But that's only part of it. Because every Christian who thinks about faith is a theologian. When we think and we talk about faith, we are being theologians. We are doing that work of talking about God. And I am all for thinking and talking about faith. Part of how I started looking at the books on my shelf was I was talking with Sandy, and I warned her, I said, you never want to get me going about the books on my shelves because I just keep talking. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Because I get really excited about it. But being a Christian is about more than studying theology. Faith should move you to action. I was looking through one of the classic theological books on my shelf by Paul Tillich, who's a 20th century theologian, and I read a little bit of it, and it started to sound a bit like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Right? Sometimes it just doesn't seem to connect. Now, this is not because what he had to say wasn't wise or making an important point, but for me, it was just too abstract. What I want to know is how is faith lived out in the here and now? Why do we care about some sort of theological concept or statement of belief? Why does it matter? So for example, I could say, state one of the important beliefs of the church, that the human and divine are in hypostatic union in Christ. This is an important statement of the church. People argued about it. It uh, split the church, and some groups never actually rejoined the mainstream of the church over this. But you could say, what does that even mean, and who cares anymore? However, if I rephrased it this way, this is actually what it means, I could say that Jesus was and is both fully human and fully divine. And because of what Jesus did in his life, I know that he was fully human. He wept over the death of his friend Lazarus. In his, the last week of his life, he suffered, he questioned, he was afraid. And so I know that when I'm experiencing any of these things, that Jesus has been there too. Also, we say that Jesus was fully divine. God made flesh dwelling among us. And because Jesus is fully divine, He is worthy of my worship, worthy of me following his example. Now this relates a little bit more to our lives. We're not just making some esoteric statement using big words. Esoteric is kind of an esoteric word, actually, which is fun. 
but we're actually talking about how it connects to what we think and feel and experience every day. What we believe matters, and it should lead us to action. My faith inspires me. Inspiration, by the way, we, is like that breath of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit moves me to my feet to go out and live my faith. Faith leads to action, and in my experience, it actually goes the other way too. Action strengthens our faith. Hopefully when we do either one, when we do works that are following Jesus, that that strengthens our faith, and when we grow stronger in our faith, it leads us to continue to do more work following Jesus. I want you to think about one of the most faithful people you know. As you think about them, I would guess that part of what makes them really faithful people is their conviction and their belief in God. And part of what makes them a really faithful person that people notice is how they live out each and every day what they do with their faith. So I want to give you a few examples. Consider a man who goes to church regularly. He listens to the sermon and the songs, but rarely joins in with the music. And when worship is over, he goes home and goes about his routine for the rest of the week. And he doesn't really spend any time during the week thinking about God. He doesn't try and follow Jesus' example. It just doesn't really connect. There's not a lot of connection for him to his faith. It's more of a habit. His faith is dead. Or consider a woman who grew up in the church. She was baptized in the church. She was confirmed in the church and affirmed her faith. And she goes pretty regularly to the church because, well, actually, she really likes to see her friends and hear all the latest news and gossip. And she's pretty aware of what's going on and connected in at church. She notices who's absent and sometimes talks behind people's back about other folks. Did you see that person? They missed church for a whole month in the summer because they were at their cabin. I mean, really. Just an example, by the way. (laughs) She knows scripture, and she could even correct the pastor sometimes. But this woman is too busy to volunteer. She's too busy with her social life to be involved in the life of the church or even in the life of the community around her in a way of service. This is somebody who might talk the talk, but they're certainly not walking the walk. Or how about consider a woman who attends when she can, but she can't always come to worship because she takes care of her grandchildren 
for her daughter, who's a single mother that lives 100 miles away. And when she is in town, she does take time to help during the fellowship time and serve coffee at church. She's one of the first people to offer help, to send food, and to listen if someone is in need. Of these three examples, who is the true Christian? I hope that you can see that just attending church and even professing faith, while good in and of themselves, are not enough. That our faith should always move us to action. I like the phrase, walk your talk. I think that we certainly believe people more often if they do what they say, if they live lives like the kind of lives that they talk about. For many years, I worked at a mission trip program based at Camp Kingswood, which was just outside the Twin Cities. And the mission program had James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18 as the theme verses. The program included going into the city during the day to do mission projects and then returning to camp in the late afternoon and evening to do um, various camp activities uh, and to worship together and do church camp stuff. So I became very familiar with these verses. Faith, if it has no works, is dead. And one of the things I really loved was living in Christian community, playing and praying and working and serving together. We talked about what did this mean. We talked about caring for those in need as Jesus did. But then we went and we did it. We did it by going and repairing homes, and restoring overgrown lawns for those unable to do it for themselves, by packing food for the hungry and helping at thrift stores that raised money for social service programs and provided inexpensive clothing to any who needed it. Feeding the hungry, providing clothing and shelter, these are following Jesus. Now, I put a few pictures up of some service some folks doing mission trips. And these are actually from um, the year 2012. I was amazed to discover when I came here and was going through the folders in my filing cabinet that this church was actually on a mission trip to do flood recovery in Minot in 2012. I was running the program there in 2012. And I don't know if I encountered any of you or and I don't remember of some of the kids if any of them were connected with the church, but they could have been because some of these are from that week um, of service. But I chose it because it's also a reminder that there's ways that this church does that, lots of ways. And these are some pretty obvious, tangible ways of reaching out. And we've got others, right? We do a diaper ministry. We get, do a food giveaway. We provide 
schools with supplies that they need and students with supplies that they need. So how is it that we live out our call to have this living faith and serve others? At First Church, we have this pathway to discipleship, and we talk about it as connect, grow, and serve. You may, not, may or may not have ever seen this little diagram, but the idea is that people come together and connect to their faith, They connect to God and one another, and then we grow in faith. So we might connect at worship. It might be at a Wednesday night. It might be at some church activity, um, church group, like 30s and 40s or 50s and 60s group or one of our other small groups. And then, hopefully, we grow in faith. We grow when we come to worship. We grow when we have some of these groups that study about faith and talk about faith together, or when you take time on your own to study your scripture or to pray. And then that growth leads to service. And what I love about this image is that it shows that out of our belief comes service to others, and that that helps complete us. Which is not to say we're done on our faith journey when we get all the way around to serve. Because you notice it just keeps going. You keep growing and you keep serving. And hopefully you keep connecting, too. We have all sorts of different grow groups that you can be a part of. And we have many opportunities to serve others. What I like to think about when I am looking at scripture, when I'm working on a sermon or a lesson, is, so what? Why do we care? Why does this matter? And my answer to that is, so do something. Or keep doing something if you already are. There are many ways that we can serve God and one another and the community. There's many opportunities that we have right here at church to serve, even during worship. I think I counted at least seven volunteers that are needed for our worship service this evening, or that we have at our worship service this evening. You might not have realized that, but those people are all serving And there's lots of other opportunities to serve behind the scenes and if you like to get up front and help lead or to walk alongside somebody in their faith journey. And I truly believe that in the process of serving, whether it is in church or whether it's out in the community or serving your family or serving the stranger or the neighbor, that your faith will continue to grow and strengthen. So let us pray. Dear God, help us to have a faith that is alive. Make us 
holy and living sacrifices to you, living out your call for us on our lives, and being faithful in both word and works. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.